Hello and welcome to the 100 Day Writing Challenge, Day 1. Wow, sounds really intimidating when you put it like that, doesn't it? Here we are at the foot of the mountain. I mean, it's astonishing to me that anything ever gets written at all. It's like occasionally people ask how long my last novel was and I say 130 odd thousand words and they say, wow, that must have been hard work. And I'm like, no shit. It took me millions just to get to the start line. And this is how a lot of the discourse around writing goes. This talk of commitment and, and suffering and this kind of machismo of effort. I wrote this many words. I suffered for this many years. I put myself through this horrible regime. I had this many rejections, etc, etc. You probably heard people talk about getting up half an hour, an hour earlier each morning or whatever and writing and, and, and doing a novel that way. This idea that creative writing and writing a novel in particular requires this seismic effort of will, this complete rearranging of your life to make viable. And I just want to say, well, I want to say a lot of things actually, otherwise I wouldn't have started a podcast, but primarily I want you to start noticing some of the assumptions you're carrying around about how a novel is done, who gets to write what a writer, a novelist, an author, whatever you want to call them, what one of those people looks like. Because you probably have a lot of unconscious assumptions about that, right? Like a little heuristic in your head where you look at someone and you go, oh, they don't really strike me as the kind of writing type. And someone else you look at and you go, they seem very writerly. What's that based on? Based on prejudice, basically. And maybe we can start a process of gentle inquiry into whether some of your assumptions are A, true and B, helpful. Because an assumption can be untrue but helpful, right? An optimist might overestimate their chances of being successful at a given task, but because they have this belief of success, they're more likely to persevere, uh, they're more resilient, they're more likely to attribute setbacks to temporary external factors rather than personal failings of character, they're more likely to have a self sense of self-efficacy and to derive meaning and satisfaction from the pursuit of this goal. All of which ends up creating a feedback loop, a self-fulfilling prophecy, which actually does mean, in a lot of cases, that optimists are more likely to achieve their goals. Now, there are some downsides to optimism, although a 2006 study by the brilliantly named Steptoe et al. found that optimism correlated with a bunch of healthy behaviours, including, quote, abstaining abstaining from smoking, moderate consumption of alcohol, the habit of walking briskly and regular physical activity, end quote. A 1993 study by McKenna et al. also found that smokers tend to be optimists when it comes to things like their perception of smoking-related health risks, such as lung cancer. So, so look, I, I think there are some rational reasons to choose an optimistic outlook within certain domains, even when it may not be the most accurate reflection of reality and and there are some other scenarios under which moderating our optimism with a slap across the chops from the wet kipper of real talk helps protect us from bad outcomes i'm going to be just so you know adopting both strategies across the life of this course this challenge this marathon of mini workshops whatever you want to call it because chiefly when it becomes comes to writing i am a pragmatist not in my own writing life right of course i'm a complete hypocrite when it comes to a lot of this and I'm working on that as well and, and, and part of my pledge to you is that I will try and apply things that I talk to you about in this course in my own writing practice because otherwise that would be awful wouldn't it but look whatever rolls us 
over the line, whatever gets us to the next checkpoint, whatever keeps us moving, as long as it doesn't drastically damage our life outside the writing, I'm in favour of it. And I will always be honest with you during this course, or do my best to, right? But one thing I hope you'll start to notice in the coming days and weeks, one thing that I think is is surely an essential realisation for any good fiction writer, is that there are often many mutually valid ways of looking at the same thing. The world is full of multiple truths laid on top of one another. And, and just because you've found something that's true doesn't mean that it's the truth singular. There may be many more truths occupying the same space. And as fiction writers, one of our core practices has to be developing that capacity to slide between adjacent realities and make ourselves not objective, but omnisubjective. Right. Enough of my gnomic utterances for now. I sound like a stoned philosophy undergrad in the kitchen at a house party. Let's get on with our first exercise. I want to honour your time and I'm a firm believer in the value of learning through doing. On that subject, a brief warning before we start. Please, oh please, do not listen to this episode or future episodes without doing the exercises. Please don't think, oh, I'll just listen to see what it's like and then, and then if I... Like the sound of it, I can do them later. Please don't listen just for my bits of theory, then ignore the practical. I don't ever want to be a voice in your head putting pressure on you to write a certain way or someone you imagine reacting with disapproval at some creative choice you make. But please, 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 this is the one area where I'm going to be sort of stringent and a, and a bit stern. Please, please, please make the effort to at least have a go at doing the 10 minute exercise when I say start, you know. At least just pick up a pen, open a new file and try, you know, write two, three words. Just have a go. If you have a go and you and you stack it, you suck it at it, you hate it, it makes you feel miserable. That's fine. Actually, that's awesome. You know, if you freeze up and write complete dog shit, I, I am frankly delighted. It's a wondrous opportunity to practice some exposure therapy, to learn about how we react to creative disappointment to detrain our habitual unhelpful reaction to what we think of as failure. But to not have a go at all, to not put yourself in that position of vulnerability to begin with? Look, I understand why you wouldn't. It's the same reason I've done almost none of the creative writing exercises in any of the creative writing books I've bought and read, because it always feels like something you can do tomorrow and uh, and time feels like it's short and, and and to be honest there is some fear and discomfort when you come to write something i feel that still and you you know you would have thought now i'm a published author i've been doinked on the head by the magic wand of legitimacy surely to me chilled out about these things no no i feel i feel like a fraud quite a lot of the time you know because you know, and, and then, you know, you might you don't feel inspired or motivated or it doesn't quite feel like the time or your laptop isn't charged or your pen and notebook are literally in the next room, but just not in the room you're in now. Maybe you're in bed. Maybe you listen to it in bed and it just feels like a little bit of a walk to go and get it right. It, it, it doesn't feel like a big deal to duck out of a single creative writing exercise, right? Or to de delay it. There are a hundred ways to rationalise it and it fits under that wonderful piece of terminology introduced to me by 20-year procrastination researcher Dr Tim Pitchell. It has a transitive preference structure. I'll, I'll do it later. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next week. Oh, I should have done it yesterday, actually. Now I'm tired. I've got 
more to say on this much more but for now i am begging you if you if you don't want to start to the course today that's fine hit pause switch off that's all right i don't mind you delaying it per se go enjoy the rest of your day i and this podcast will be here when you're ready I've got literally dozens and dozens of episodes of, of, of my podcast, Death of a Thousand Cuts, where it's just me monologuing or it's me chatting to guests and, and there are zero writing tasks in in them. Go and listen to those if you just want something passive you can listen to. That's fine. But please don't just blow through this podcast cheating yourself not doing the exercises. You'll spoil the course for yourself. The tasks will mount up till they feel daunting. Uh, you just deserve better. If you're going to do put yourself through the effort of, of listening to me, then why not just go that extra short distance and do the writing? I've gone to the effort of creating this. I'm putting everything I've got into it. Please at least do me the courtesy of attempting this first ep- exercise. If you finish it, go, oh, I hate this. I hate myself. Fine. Perfect. You tried it out. You evaluated it. You didn't like it. You turned up like go live your life then. At least you kissed this particular frog and you found out for yourself it wasn't a prince. I am not for everyone. I'm totally comfortable with that. And of course... You can bail at any time in the in in the future if you you did quite enjoy it or you were fine with the first one and then you don't like it in the future. You can you don't you're not committed to the hundred days. It's always open to you. But all this chatter I'm doing now is just a sideshow. It's a, it's a nice pair of lycra pants and a sweatband. What's going to get you fit is the exercise. So so last chance. Please get your laptop open and a new file ready or get a notebook and pen because I'm about to ask you to write. If you don't have those things ready stop the track now press pause press stop go prepare yourself in whatever ways you need to it's cool there's no rush right okay we good fantastic so to start i want to dive in with a simple exercise but one that actually sometimes people in workshops find really challenging and if this seems odd please do bear with me some of the exercises might feel unusual but they're all ones i've done with loads of writers before i'm not this eccentric self-styled guru testing you with arbitrary demands to break down your resistance there is a method here but it's just sometimes it may take a few days to emerge i promise i do very much value your time and i'll do my best not to ask you to take too much on faith right so over the next 10 minutes i'd like you to produce a list and it's going to be a list of names not a list of real people you know or celebrities just made up names i mean you don't literally have to invent new names like bergen or splago although actually you could that's also fine if you want to actually invent some of the names completely. I'm just talking about names of fictional characters, uh, not existing fictional characters, imaginary fictional characters. Does that make sense? A list of names for imaginary characters could be full names, could be nicknames, could be include titles like Mrs. Doctor, Admiral. Some names might imply a fantasy or science fiction setting some might be from a variety of countries some might not be names that have ever existed before they might be barely pronounceable you might not be sure how they're pronounced it doesn't matter some might sound funny or odd some might sound incredibly normal and plausible you know they might very well accidentally be the names of actual humans you've not met they might be plausible names to find in the phone book i don't know the key thing here is is speed I'm going to give you 10 minutes and I'd like you to aim to get at least 50 names down on the page. For that to happen, you you cannot filter for quality. Don't worry about repetition or spelling or whether you're making great art. Just a big old list of fictional made up names on the page, please. 
So does that make sense? Have you got it? Okay. When I say go, um, start writing, and and when you hear this noise, you can stop. Okay. Go.
And there we go. You're done. Your first session is over. You did it. You turned up. You committed. You've done some writing today. As you glance back over your list of names, you might like to reflect what sort of names turned up. Any that particularly catch your eye? Any that make you smile? Any that make you wince? Any that suggest a character, have a sense of personality or or maybe a genre to you? Are there any places you can see yourself mining a, a, a little seam, you know, finding a particular strategy like alliteration and then applying it for two, three, four names before you abruptly switch? It can be useful just to observe how your brain attempts creativity, the strategies that it applies. And if for whatever reason, you know, you locked up, you struggled, you didn't enjoy it, you you felt a bit beleaguered, you know, that's okay too. Um, But whatever your experience is worth reflecting on how you felt during the exercise. What things did you tell yourself during, before and after? If you encountered resistance, what were you telling yourself in those moments? And how do you feel now, now that it's over? There's no homework. As I said in the introductory episode, I recommend you don't do any writing outside these 10 minute sessions, at least for the first couple of weeks. Just go and enjoy life. Take a walk, see your friends, whatever you fancy. That's it. Thank you for turning up and I'll see you tomorrow for day two. The 100 Day Writing Challenge is made possible with the kind support of Arts Council England.